You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, dude. I think this is, uh, what, number number two or, or three for us this week, but we're, we're getting in some work with the podcast this week, so very much pumped about that. Um, it's payday for a lot of people, so that's got to put a smile on people's faces. Um, payday for me. Yeah, yeah. Cer- certainly payday <laughs> for me as well. Um, and uh, we are very pumped and con- continuing kind of our NBA draft co- coverage as we speed forward to uh, November 18th, the eventual date of the draft. Um, we've been very fortunate to have some um, coaching assistants from various programs talk to us about some prospects. And once again, we are very lucky tonight to have someone talk to us about a, a prospect that is getting a lot of hype, um, vaulting up a lot of big boards, and for obvious reasons, Uh, So without further ado, just want to introduce and thank uh, Matt Carlino, graduate assistant from TCU. Matt, how are you doing? And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am excited to talk about this. Absolutely. Uh, And we are very excited to uh, to hear about him and talk talk about him as well. Um, As I tell a lot of people that come on the show, Chip and I are both Knicks fans, this is a general hoops podcast, but Knicks Twitter is very much in love with Desmond Bain uh, for obvious reasons. But before we get into him, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, some of your day-to-day responsibilities with TCU, um, just your time there, you know, in, in doing some prep on you before the podcast, had an extensive ball career too, played at BYU, Marquette, uh, Europe in the G League as well. Um, so if there's anything that you want to talk about that, like we, we'd be more than happy to hear. Yeah. Um, so this is my second year as a GA at TCU. Um, got there because coach Dixon, uh, recruited me to come to Pitt on my fifth year when I went to Marquette. Um, so I just kind of didn't really keep in touch, but kept his number. He actually texted me when he went from Pitt to TCU with his new number. So I was fortunate enough with that. Um, my day-to-day is pretty much, um, I don't know, day-to-day is hard to explain because it sounds like you do nothing. Um, you're, you like, you're on the court rebounding for guys, but, um, you know, I'm not, I do my schoolwork, so that's what I do in the office or, 
you know, if they want me to help with recruiting stuff, uh, I do that. Um, you're kind of just like, if need be, um, around the office, uh, on a day to day. Like I don't have any, like other than rebounding for guys and, you know, stuff like that. I don't have, um, like a set thing that I do. Um, but yeah, so I go in and if they need me, I'm there, but if not, I'm just kind of doing my schoolwork and, um, just hanging out with the two other GAs in the office who I, I really enjoy and uh, our staff's really cool. So we're pretty much just chopping it up all day. And coach Dixon, uh, I mean, uh, you know, from what I remember about him at Pitt um, just seemed like a, you know, really intense guy uh, gets a lot out of, um, you know, his players and the program. And obviously he's brought some success to TCU as well. You know, what have, what have you kind of learned just, just being around him, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Man, he is, uh, I was actually just talking about this today. He's relentless. Um, and I say that in a good way. I've never seen anyone like on a day-to-day basis, his intensity, like you said, and his energy is just like on a hundred every day, like brings it every day. I'm not just saying that either. Like, and I was trying to say like, because we lost Desmond and he was like that, but, um, you know, we need our guys now to, you know, be like that too. be every day, relentless. Like you don't want to play against a guy like that. And that's how he is every day. Like if you were, if you mess something up, you will hear about it. And he, uh, which is good. Like that's what you, that's what you want as a, as a player. And he's, uh, he's just really, he's really good as a coach because he's going to bring that intensity and passion every day. And it's something that everyone else feeds off of. It's uh, and it's interesting too. So you, you bring up Desmond and you've been there for two years now. So you saw um, Desmond in his junior year and his senior year and reading up a little bit on him, he tested the draft process a little bit last year. Um, what would you say was the biggest skill he improved on from that junior to senior year? Yeah. So I didn't get to watch him a lot, um, before I came. Mm. Um, I will say that he did a phenomenal job of utilizing ball screens cause we needed them to. He's actually a, uh, and I told NBA scouts this too. Uh, a couple of them called me. He's really good underrated at using screens to, facilitate i wouldn't say he's a point guard but he's uh he's good at he's very underrated at that he's a very underrated passer and i think because situationally we needed him to be that he stepped up and he was really really good at it uh he even like would shock me sometimes with some of the passes he'd make in practice and in the games but especially in practice because you get such a closer look at some of the stuff that's going on um so I would say he must have improved on that just because he had to use it a lot. And I think, um, you know, moving on from that too, like one of the things that obviously most teams are going to call you about and, um, you know, that you'll probably talk a lot about is the shooting, right? I mean, like his numbers are ridiculous. And when you really look at not just this past season, but the fact that he shot 43% 
on essentially 575 threes. Like that type of volume and uh, and success rate is is pretty ridiculous. So I guess the question that I want to ask is I've I've seen enough tape of him, and I've I've followed enough guys that you know uh, do a lot of scouting that say that he's probably the best shooter in the draft off the bounce, off movement, coming off pin downs, whatever you want. What impresses you the most about his shooting? Like movement without the ball, footwork, quick release, follow through. Like I know they're all important, but what sets him apart? Well, I think what sets him apart is that he just gets put so much work in that it almost doesn't surprise you. And I think that's what really sets him apart because he is, I mean, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And it it doesn't surprise me. And his basketball IQ is through the roof. So he, although he does take a lot of volume, he also doesn't take a lot of bad shots, Hmm. which is weird for a volume, like you said. Um, Like he didn't take... And I can say that I was a volume guy and I took a lot of bad ones. Like I watch film now and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Um, but he like takes a lot, but they're not bad shots. It's pretty incredible. Um, for a guy who, like you said, is taking so many to be able to take so many good ones. And I think that speaks to like his basketball IQ. He has a tremendous basketball IQ. Um, and he also has a quick release, so that's probably another reason why he can take easier ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, he took some tough ones, don't get me wrong, but he really, I mean, he took good shots a lot within the offense and it, it's, a uh, being a volume guy, it's pretty incredible that he was able to do that. I think, um, one of the other, we're talking about IQ and, that kind of touched on to my next question. I remember I was watching a remote draft room. I forget the, the name of the company, but the video was from PBC. And so it's literally an interview with Desmond, and he's he's just breaking down tape. And I remember that there's a, a possession um, going on. It's, it's during the George Mason game. And he basically understood that the opposing defense was going to switch late uh, late in the shot clock. And he kind of just set up the big with like a little hezzy dribble and, and pulled up from three. Is that just something that was like a regular occurrence that you saw from him? Like he was just so good um, at understanding tape. Is there, do you have any stories like that, you know, from either being in, in like meetings or, or anything like that? Cause that just seemed um, to me, like that's exactly what you want when you're drafting somebody. Yeah. I mean, he's such a student of the game. He, will like pick the brain of anyone like he would always be asking me questions um from the moment i got there um and i mean he had such a great head coach in dixon and i know ryan miller um helped him out a lot throughout his time uh at tcu uh who's a brother of mike miller who's awesome one of the greatest shooters you know Mm. uh in recent history um so like like his IQ is like that because he also works at that. I mean, he 
he's constantly wanting to learn more, wanting to, he's just a, he's a total gym rat student of the game. Like I can't say enough good things about Desmond when it, in terms of like when it comes to basketball, I mean, and off the court too, but in terms of basketball, like that's why he's, it doesn't surprise me at all. He's flying up the draft boards because his work ethic is unbelievable. And, you know, just, he's going to kill it in any interview process. And, you know, if you, like you listening to him break down film, he's going to have such a greater knowledge than, and that's not a slight on the other guys. He's just going to have a greater knowledge than most guys probably in the draft just because he's like that. Chip. Um, yeah, I was, oh, no, 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 go ahead, buddy. No, no, yeah, 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 no, I was going to, I was just going to throw no. it to you. Sorry, I got my internet is all messed up right now. I got cut off. I got cut out a couple of times. No worries. I, I was just gonna ask about uh, the interview he did. Uh, he was talking about with uh, the Sixers, uh, and he was. Uh, I guess he was. It was NBC Sports Philadelphia, and uh, he was talking about how his agent named that the Sixers, Suns, and Bucks were the three teams that showed the most interest. So uh, I wanted to ask Matt what he thought about uh, those three teams as possible fits for Desmond. Um, I mean, to think about it, I feel like the Suns would be a good fit for him. They have, you know, Booker likes to play with play ball because Desmond, uh, another thing that's going to make him fly up draft boards is uh, he's not a guy. He's going to, even though he'll probably be a first round pick, he's going to know his role coming in. He's a, he's a shooter. He's going to be a knockdown shooter. He's not going to be a guy who's trying to be the guy. I'm assuming, you know, he's, he's knows that he's going to be a role guy. Um, and that's going to help him. Um, with Philadelphia, I guess it will depend how they rearrange their system and who they have with the ball in their hands. Um, and then in terms of, uh, you said Philadelphia, Milwaukee, that will also be another interesting one because it'll depend what happens with Giannis. Um, I mean, if Giannis is there, that would be a great fit because in my opinion, they need way more shooting than they have. Uh, watching in that playoff series with Miami, like, they talked about having shooters, but it really didn't um, – it didn't seem like it to me. I mean, you have Middleton who needed to be a go-to guy more than a shooter at times. And, um, I mean, other than him, uh, I just didn't see a lot. I mean, you have Brooke Lopez stepping out. In terms of the Suns, uh, I'd have to look at the salaries uh, – or the, like, contracts, but Rubio and Booker – it would be good for him to play off of those two guys for sure. So that would be the one that I would say makes the most sense out of those three teams. Yeah, I think um, we're just losing ship a little bit, but I think um, that does make sense. I mean, like if you have primary ball handlers that can break down the defense, get into the teeth of the paint, and you know you just make it kind of easy for Desmond to spot up um, or attack closeouts, things like that, like he's clearly going to do that. Um, really well. Kind of, kind of switching towards the uh, the defensive side of the ball. I was really interested in in just kind of learning about him. 
the fact that, you know, he, he's got good size, right? For 6'6", 215, like he's stocky. Uh, he looks, you know, ripped, um, especially upper body-wise. And I think he was 88th percentile in guarding one-on-one possessions. But I was interested because his length isn't, like, super great. I think his wingspan is, like, 6'4". Um, and, he's, and he's on the older side, too. He's 22. Um, I was going to ask you two things. So defensively, what do you think makes him so good or, or impactful? And as an older guy, do you think he can – do you think he has the maturity to kind of step in to either a veteran locker room um, and assert himself, you know, in, in that locker room or be kind of like, a you know, a big talker and communicator on the court uh, do you think he's he's someone who will kind of lay back and, and see how things play out? Or do you, th- you think he'll kind of just like take on that role and, and assert himself a little quicker? Um, I think Desmond's a guy who – let me go to the second question first because yeah. I remembered it better. Um, I think in terms of a locker room guy, you're not going to get a better locker room guy because – like I said, that's going to be a big reason why he shoots up a lot of draft boards because he's not afraid to assume whatever role that you give him, and he's not timid. So he's gonna he'll be able to assert himself, and if he's not in the rotation, he's going to not be a problem. He's going to be a guy who is still going to come and work every day in a good locker room guy, like. We're, if we're talking worst-case scenario, which in terms of NBA teams, they're probably thinking that because it's a business decision, they're thinking, all right, at worst-case scenario, what is this guy? And I think his bottom is so much higher than other guys because he's not going to be a problem. Like, he's going to come to work every day. His ceiling might not be what, like, some guys would be because of what you spoke about in terms of, like – like the his length or these BS analytic things that they talk about, um, which usually don't pan out anyways. But like you said, he's an 88% one-on-one defender because of those BS analytics, in my opinion, because he has a chip on his shoulder. And every time the guy's in front of him, he's probably thinking, no one thinks I can defend because I have a 6'4 wingspan and I'm 6'6". So he's going to get it done. Um, I think that that's what probably makes him even a better defender Mm. because he's like, everyone's looking at me. They think that I can't do this, so I'm going to do it. I haven't spoken to him personally about that, but just knowing Desmond, that's what I believe is probably going through his head. And then, yeah, like any locker room, he's going to be a guy who other teammates love from the second he gets there just because he's such a hard worker and guys will respect that it definitely sounds like he's the type of guy that you put an obstacle in front of him and like he wants to prove you weren't wrong he wants to try and figure out a way around it and I noticed that at the beginning of this year at least from what I read the coaching staff wanted to give him more responsibility as a role of an initiator and a playmaker in the offense, and he did pretty well on it. Like, everyone that wrote about him said that, yeah, he's a knockdown shooter, but he's actually pretty damn good in the pick and roll. 
Um, was there anything that you saw prior to him taking on that role or, or just, you know, I know you talked a little bit about him, like manipulating the pick and roll before or, or flipping ball screens, things like that. But is there anything that you saw that was just like, wow, this is, you know, this is clearly not just a dead eye shooter. Like he's, you know, he's more than that. Yeah. I would say what I said earlier, probably about that in terms of like, he would make, uh, passes in practice that I was like did anyone else see that (laughs) that was crazy like and it's not passes like a Jason Williams white chocolate type of pass where he's like coming in the lane like no look flashy pass it was like driving lane line and you literally have nowhere to go and just throwing a rope to like a shooter on the opposite slot. Yeah, he, like, he found that corner three shooter a lot. like A lot. And this like passes that probably aren't even good passes because no one even can get that pass there. But I think because of his strength, he's able to get um, passes certain places that some other guys might not be able to get. Like I'm telling you, like some passes I was like, I have never seen a guy Maybe LeBron, because of his strength, be able to make that pass. But, like, he made passes like that sometimes where I was like, wow, that was impressive. With, um, what these The next questions is kind of like a group of three, but they're probably some of my favorite questions that I ask because it gets into more of, like, the teeth of the, the schedule and the actual season. So my first one is, who is the best wing defender that TCU played against, and how do you feel like um, Desmond did against him? Well, I mean, Garrett got player of the year. He torched him. I mean, uh, wait, which I, what, what, um, what was that guy's uh, name? I, I missed it. From Kansas. Uh, Garrett. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. But he didn't even guard, like, he guarded him, but maybe they switched him off him, because I know the first half, he just went bonkers at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, But he got, I mean, he got Defensive Player of the Year. Who did the best job on him? to think because really no one really like held him down I, I do remember there was one like I know um, obviously there was a big upset win over Baylor but I, I think I remember reading in the first game against Baylor that he struggled a little bit not necessarily with one player but the length of the team as a whole I guess kind of like getting into the paint a little bit kind of struggling finishing over over some of that length yeah, I mean, the only two teams I guess I can think of, and I might be wrong on this, would be West Virginia, and they're big too. They're a great defensive team. Yeah, and then Baylor, I mean, they're just, uh, like, they play such team, great team defense. So that, that could cause a problem just because they were probably so locked in on him. But, I mean, we beat them then too. Yep. He was great. 
crazy on them. Uh, I I guess I can't answer that. I really didn't think that anyone... Held them down too much. No, and maybe I'm just being biased, or maybe I just am not locked in enough and I couldn't think of it, but... I didn't really, I mean, no one really did. And and if they did once, he definitely got them back. If we're talking about those two times. Right. West Virginia, I just can't remember what he did in that game. I, I mean, I know we didn't do anything when we were at their place. I mean, no one did. But then at our place, I can't remember. So, well, sorry. No, I, that's I fine. Even. I mean, it sounds like even if... Um somebody did hold him in check, you know, he probably gave him some, some tough spins on the, on the defensive end too, you know, like held maybe their guy in check too. Um, yeah. what was the other thing I was looking at? So one of the things I also noted in, in terms of, uh, areas where he can improve, he only took about 20% of his shots at the rim. Um, do you think, what do you think are the areas where he needs to improve the most? Do you think he struggles with his handle a little bit, or do you think just maybe schematically in terms of the offense at T- TCU, he wasn't asked to maybe you know drive as much? Um, what do you what do you, what would you see as those areas where he kind of needs to improve in order to take another step? Um, I think the thing that he would probably need to improve the most on, in my opinion, because I don't think he's going to be able to finish around the basket at the NBA level, kind of what you were speaking to. Um, I think he needs to get better, like those crafty, like high floaters floaters, and like some of that, just some of that, like crafty stuff. A lot of stuff that you really saw Tyler Hero do in the playoffs this year. A lot of that type stuff where it's just awkward foot, um, bank shots, like awkward foot, just like stuff that he's going to be able to finish. Because uh, I don't even see many guys finishing at the rim unless you're just a freak athlete. Right. But like, So that's why he's really going to need to work on like using the glass a lot around the, uh, around the rim and a lot of those are just goofy foot type finishes or one foot runner. You see Steph Curry do it all the time as mm. well. Um, so that kind of stuff, that's what I would say that he needs to improve the most on at the next level. Cause those guys are pretty, and he didn't even use a, a ton of that, uh, this last season, but he's going to have to at, at the NBA level. Mm. And I noticed, uh, we were talking about, um, that upset win over Baylor before his numbers were great in that game. And then even in a, a loss, the next game, he had a 20 plus performance against Kansas uh, what do you? It looked like he kind of rose to the occasion in big games. What do you? What do you? Where do you feel like that comes from? Is that just his work ethic? He's in the gym so much that the success is just not a surprise. Do you think he he has an extra gear? He just he shines when the lights are brightest. Like what? What did you? What do you see from him on a day to day basis that kind of makes those, you know, performances like yeah, you know, we we knew he had that in his bag. Yeah, he has extreme confidence because he puts the work in, and I think that a lot was put on his shoulders last season. And, uh, I mean, to his credit, I'm going to quote the late and great high school coach of my dad. 
he he never asked for a lighter load he he always just asked for broader shoulders mm. he uh he was always willing to take on the load and always wanted it thrived it thrived in it and uh he was uh he was great just because he wanted that i mean i feel like he had waited for that because he really didn't have that his junior year because i i from what I do know, you know, Alex Robinson was kind of the primary ball handler and did a lot. Desmond did a lot as well. Um, but they kind of had more pieces uh, that year before. But this last year, he was he was the guy um, where he, he was pretty much asked to do anything and everything. And who do you – and I know I asked before who was the best – uh, opposing wing defender that you guys played against and how Desmond did against him. But how about, you know, offense on the opposition? And, you know, who was the toughest guy you guys played against where you felt like, you know, game planning, like, wow, you know, we really got to be, um, you know, at our best to contain this guy. Uh, and how did, how did Desmond kind of take on that challenge? How did he fare in that situation? That was interesting because I did the defensive matchups or helped with them. Um, and a lot of times because of his offensive load, I actually kind of would steer him away from those, um, matchups because he was asked to do so much offensively. Um, but man, there were so many good players in the big 12. Yeah. Uh, Jared Butler from Baylor. Yeah. He was really, really good. Um, really one of the toughest guys was, uh, Oklahoma had two guys that killed Brady Manick killed us the first game, but that he doesn't guard him. And then Austin Reeves, Mm -hmm. um, killed us the last game uh, of the season of the regular season. Um, let me think. Yeah, I mean, I see, because it's interesting. They didn't really guard him, the best players, and he didn't really guard them so much. It wasn't really like that. Um, but like, obviously, who I was most impressed with, Jared Butler, is really, really good. I was uh, surprised when he uh, he he took his name out of the draft. He decided to go back. I I, I thought he would have gotten drafted within the first. To, you know, within the two rounds for sure, but you know, maybe he yeah. felt like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough year because of you know them. They're probably cutting down jobs, and if yeah. you, even if you're a second round pick, it's okay. But they're just going to cut down a roster spot. So, but he's very good, and I I was a little surprised he came back too. I really was. Um, other than him, Dotson was really good too. Yeah, he's just crazy quick. Yeah, and he has unbelievable confidence and court presence. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I can't. I can't answer either. Those were your. You said those were your good questions. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I um, there was one other that I was thinking. Well, I feel like I just lost it now. But um, oh man. Oh, you, well, you guys played Iowa State too, right? And you guys came up against Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, my gosh. What am I talking about? I forgot because he got hurt. He was by far the best player. Oh, really? Okay. So Yeah. Halliburton 
is going to be after we played him. His shot's a little goofy. Yeah, but man, like he. Uh, it's been so long since I watched him play, but I remember saying after we played him, I was like, he's going to be an NBA All Star. It's interesting, man. You say that. So we talked with a grad assistant from Iowa State. Um, you know, and at. I, I like him. I love his court vision, and I think he's so dangerous in transition. I guess the only thing that people are low on is, um, you know, can he break you off the dribble? Can he be a true number one, or is he really more of a playmaking two? Um, but a lot of people say, I mean, he's he's just he just makes your team better. It doesn't matter what he is. He's just good. He's just really good. Is that kind of how you saw him? Yeah, I mean, he had a triple-double against us, and... Yeah, he's really, really good. Really good. He was the best player in the league before he uh, got hurt. Yeah. I mean, and they weren't very good. So no, I was. I mean, that was good practice for him for yeah. the next level. So, <laughs> but I, I, I do think, I do think he's a guy who's gonna uh, make you. And I don't know what that Iowa State, but if he if he has the work ethic that Desmond has then he will be an NBA All-Star just because yeah. he's already really, really good. I know you said that uh, you got a lot of calls from NBA teams about Desmond. Um, obviously, you don't have to tell us the team, but have there been any weird questions that they ask you? Anything that's just kind of like off the wall a little bit or um, or anything maybe on a, on a personal level, like they're trying to get inside the head of Desmond and see what type of person he is that – that you can kind of like, you know, and kind of enlighten us with? Uh, I mean, basically what they're asking, because they already know the game so well, is just character stuff. And I mean, I can't speak highly enough about his character, so that's so easy. Um, and I would be honest about it if, if they asked me. I would say he's a bum if he was, but it's – I like – it actually excites me to be able to talk about him because I don't have to lie. I can talk really well about Desmond because he, he really is like that. He's, he's a great guy. and He, uh, I mean, off the court, he's just such a good guy. He puts in the work, and there's really nothing bad I can say about him. It's crazy. I mean, I know you probably think I'm lying, but I'm dead serious. No, I mean, any interview that I've seen from him, I feel like that character – the way he carries himself, it comes through, you know, and I think that's why people are really excited about him. I mean, I think, um, you know, you see the numbers, the numbers are amazing. I know I mentioned it before, but you just don't see 43% three-point shooting on 575 threes, 80, 80% free throw shooter. Like, these are numbers that people are like, this is something you can bank on. And then it just happens to coincide with the fact that he's a good guy. You know, he can be a leader. Um, he's not, you know, going to be an issue in the locker room. And then I think you start to see why, um, he's going to vault up draft boards and, you know, conversations that we've been having with other people about this too, because of COVID, if teams have to rely so much on the interview, these guys that are high character guys are going to really impress because now they're, you know, they're just going to be talking through a zoom chat or, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, we can take this guy in our locker room. Like it's almost like teams might approach this draft and say, "What is the safest pick we can make?" Because we are not able to, 
use our resources to see them as much or do the combine or things like that as, as much as we would usually do. And Desmond seems like he's a guy that's really going to benefit from that. Yeah, no, you're dead on. I, I, I think that's, I mean, you said it better than me. I think that's probably what's happening. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm super excited to see uh, how he turns out, where he goes. You just want to see him go to a place where, you know, there's at least a good ball handler there already that can kind of set him up. You don't want to ask him to do too much. Even though he can play make, you don't want to put him in a position where it's like it's all on him. Yeah, yeah. Do you think R.J. Barrett is that guy for, for the next one? Oh, man, that's a very, very interesting question. Um, I, I like R.J. Barrett a lot, man. I, I, I'd say this with Chip all the time. He actually surprised me his rookie year because I was – I wasn't worried when we drafted him, but honestly, man, I really wasn't super impressed with what I saw at Duke because I I felt like I just saw him between him, Zion, and Cam. I felt like I just saw a lot of one on one, like you take your turn, I'll take my turn, and then I felt like RJ a lot was had a lot of tunnel vision, man. Like I I would see him just driving into three people, like and not always looking to make that pass. And then defensively, I was really worried. But when he got to the pros, honestly, his defense kind of impressed me. I'm not saying he's a good defender, but I felt like he tags roll, roll man. Like he, he understands how to rotate, can recover on the pick and roll if he loses his guy. Um, I saw enough from him on that end to be encouraged. The fact that he's 20 years old, he's built like a truck. The shot obviously has to come around, but he made... He made enough passes out of the pick and roll that I don't know if you want him to be your number one point guard, um, especially if the shot is still struggling. But like he's he's good enough that I know he belongs. And you probably want to say more than that about a guy that was picked number three in the draft. But, you know, I'll take it for now, being a Knicks fan, not having a lot to be like super pumped about. Um, but... Watching too much uh, this last year, honestly, but I, I really, I really like like his game. Yeah, I, mean, I think watching too much, but I think obviously Knicks fans are tough, and I think that he, uh, I think if you give him time, I think he's going to be. I think he can be really good, and I think that he can be a point guard in the NBA just because his shot mechanics are not that bad. No, they're not. They're not. And the rep, and he'll get a lot of reps, and he's a lefty. So uh, that's going to bode well for him. Uh, and I think that – I think that – like you, you asked me about a couple teams, and I actually think New York isn't a bad place for Desmond. What are they picking? Well, they're picking, they have three picks. So they have eight, 27, and 38. So the thing is, I think a lot of people say Desmond's a late first rounder, but some people have him as high as 20, you know, late teens even. Uh, So I don't know if he'll make it to 27. Yeah. I mean, if he does drop 27, I I would. That'd be a good pick, actually. Oh yeah, that would, that would be uh that would be awesome. You like Knox? 
I mean, like, it's funny, man. Like, he's such a divisive guy amongst Knicks fans. Like, I love his size. From what I hear, he's like a really, really good kid. He works super hard. But it's just tough, man. Like, it's like his awareness is, is really rough at times. I know he's super young still. The Knicks haven't done a great job of, of developing him. They haven't made it easy on him. But sometimes he just looks like he doesn't know, you know, what, what what's going on. And, and I think his confidence really, it, it comes and goes. Um, but I, I'm rooting for him, man. Like, I want him to do really well. I'm not, you know, don't hate the guy at all. He's never done anything to, you know, uh, push bad press on himself or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we're in the mix of a rebuild and we just want to find out who is worth kind of like investing in. Like I love Mitch, you know, Mitch is obviously a guy that um, I see us building around. I want RJ to be that guy. I hope Knox can can fit in there too, but most likely it's probably going to be one of the guys that we draft at eight or maybe trade up, who knows, but Man, Desmond Bain could definitely be like one of those supplementary pieces that helps your team better for sure. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is like Des is already older. No, it's true. It's true. So I feel like he it would be. A, I I actually don't think he'll. Uh, I don't think he'll slip that far. I think it would be quick. Yeah, I agree. I, I could see him going, you know, who knows, as high as the late teens or in the early 20s. But I, I would be surprised. When you get the tag of best shooter in the draft and people start, you know, that starts getting pretty public and happens to be a good guy too. I think he's teams are not going to wait, you know, on, on yeah. him too much. You know, I mean, even like even if you have to pick between him and a guy like like, I know there, there's a guy that might be late first round that is a lot more raw um, and has, like, quote-unquote better measurables. But, like, let's say if you I – mean, it depends on what your team needs. But if you had to pick between him and a guy like Jaden McDaniels um, from Washington. He's scrimmaged against them. Oh, really? Uh, I, and, you know, it's interesting. Real quick, before I go on the Jaden McDaniels thing, there was um, – I read an article um, – and there was one coach, and I don't know if it was from the Pac-12, but they asked him, who is the best player you played against all year? And he said Isaiah Stewart. And I, I, some people, I don't know if some people are really high on Isaiah Stewart. I know his like motor is real crazy and like seems like he works really hard. Not super skilled or, or athletic, but what did you think about the Washington guys when you came played against them? I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm not very high on uh, Stewart. And I don't want to be mean or anything. I just feel like uh, he can do some things. I don't know if he can be like a bam. I don't know if NBA is trending that way where he can play like a five like that. I don't know if he's big enough, honestly. I didn't think he was that big. I know their whole team was pretty big. Um, I don't know. I guess it just depends where the NBA trends because, I mean, that happens all the time with guys. Isaiah Thomas, little Isaiah, like the – Isaiah Thomas, I mean, he was out of the league and the NBA started trending in a different direction, got another chance, and, like, was an MVP candidate. Right. Um, so I guess if, like, I don't know if he passes it well enough, but I do think the league's going to start to trend in 
that direction where the five men, like you already see it. Jokic is a playmaking five. Bam's a playmaking five. Right. So if he can turn into something like that, I think those five men are going to start to be like center point guards. Um, and if I don't know if he can put it on the ground like that, but like he certainly can't go up against like a JaVale McGee. But like I said, like it just depends where the NBA start to trend to because like you see it Zion too he's another perfect example he's going to be another playmaking five right um, so it just depends where it trends and I don't I don't know enough about him and then the McDaniels I mean uh, he's obviously really raw and, uh, I think he can he can be good it, it just depends I don't it's hard when you don't know the guy like personally because the work ethic like you told me Knox they say he's a hard worker yeah to me that's true like that's super encouraging I think right. he's great N- now that you told me that I think like he can be really good <laughs> I hope so man I really hope so it's been and I, it's funny man I, I feel like maybe it's just because I, I watch every game but it's only been two years right when we drafted him he yeah. was super super young but it's already yeah, people, younger player in the draft right he was yeah he was a younger player yeah. in the draft so it's like he was literally like skin and bones, like six eight, and then they said he even grew an inch when he was here. His his shoe size is like sixteen or seventeen. It's like ridiculous, but yeah. um, you know, I hope so, man. I mean, like I said, he, every there's been no report out there that said anything bad about him. Like they say, he puts in the work. He's a nice kid, but. I don't know. I'm hoping, you know, we we got a new coach now and there's a new president of basketball operations. So who knows what's going to happen. They, and they have a, we have a, an assistant from Kentucky, Kenny Payne. So, you know, yeah. you, you hope that that translates and, and, um, into good stuff for Knox. Um, but we'll see, but you know, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about Desmond Bain. I, I really hope the Knicks can get a chance to draft him, but I think no matter what, and based on the conversation that we've had tonight, wherever he goes, he's going to make a positive impact. He just seems like that type of dude. Um, I just got a text now from Chip, too. He apologizes. He's sorry, but I think the internet, the connection was a little bit rough, but luckily we were able to make it through. And uh, (laughs) Cricket Wireless? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen, man, before we let you go, if, if you could tell the people listening if where they can find you on Twitter, um, you know, and, and uh, I think we'll probably wrap up after that. I mean, it's a, I don't even have Twitter, so. Oh, there you go. Okay. Listen, that's good. That's probably a good thing. I feel like I spend way too much of my day scrolling through that app anyway, but. Yeah, it's, a, it's all good. I don't need to be followed. <laughs> but I'll say this, man. Uh, we wish you guys luck at TCU. Uh, Desmond Payne is a great prospect that uh, we appreciate you taking some time to talk about him and give us some kind of some gems and some insight on a very exciting player um so best of luck to you going forward in your personal professional endeavors and obviously tcu is a basketball program as well thanks good luck to you too I, it was fun absolutely man definitely and, and to anybody listening we hope you guys are staying safe and chip and i will be back talking with you probably within the next week and we'll talk to you guys soon Thank you.